What is up, fellas? We are back. Welcome. Uh, special midweek edition of the show. We are going to be breaking down the Thursday slate uh, for week one. We have eight games going on, and we're going to be breaking them down. I like this slate a lot. I'll tell you right now, I've looked into this slate a lot. I haven't even looked into Saturday slate uh, one bit. Set one lineup. First thing when it came out, however many weeks ago that was, three weeks ago, and I haven't even looked at Saturday slate. So, uh, this is going to be the main video this week. Um, hopefully there's another one coming for Saturday. I will try to, but uh, all my energy and focus has been on Thursday slate because this is this is awesome. We get Thursday football, and uh, there's some pretty good games on here. So this is going to be the main one I, I am focusing on this week. Um, before we get started, a reminder, the uh, show is brought to you by Price Picks, our, our sponsor here. Uh, you get a 100% deposit match instant deposit match goes instantly into your account you don't have to wait it's not it's not you know distributed over time it's instant it's up to a hundred dollars so if you deposit a hundred dollars you will get a hundred dollars back uh, i will be giving out some free prize picks plays uh, make sure you get them in as early as possible i already put in a few plays cj cj stroud was listed at like 187 passing yards uh, just this morning Put in a few plays for him. He's already up over 200, uh, and he's going to keep going up. So I'm going to give out those plays. Make sure you get them in as early as possible because those are going to continue to get up. I'm going to try to give those out on Monday or as soon as they come up because um, I guarantee you I'm going to beat the line about 95% of the time. So I'm going to get those up. But anyway, that's promo code YONKEY. Promo code YONKEY. That's Y-O-N-K-E, all caps. I will put a link in the description. Go ahead and use that link. You get uh, there. It is limited in certain states, so I will put that in the description as well. I won't list them all out like last week. Uh, other than that, Last announcement, this uh, the show is available in podcast format, uh, audio only, if that's your style. If you're, if you're commuting, like me, you commute an hour to work uh, and you need that fix, um, I got you. I got you. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it's everywhere you get your podcasts. Um, I will put a link in the description if, if that's your style. You don't have time to... Uh, to listen, you don't want to play YouTube in the car, and then the ad comes on. You got to uh, you got to scroll through, and you can't do that while you're driving, right? So uh, I'll get that in the description. Anyway, let's go ahead and get started. I'm super pumped to get into this. Um, so first off, yeah, I was excited, and now all of a sudden I'm talking about Temple, and I'm not fucking excited anymore. <laughs> we got Temple versus Rutgers. Um, so Temple's a mess. Um, Obviously, you're not going to target them too much on the slate. You're not going to target either team too much on this slate. But I think there might be some spots here that I'm interested in. The pricing is insanely low for this game. Um, so anyway, back to Temple. They, they have a lot of transfers. I don't really know exactly what this team is going to look like, but they're going to look different. So I'm a little hesitant with them. Um, I guess they'll be better with transfers. It's hard to be much worse. Uh, it was a stable program for a long time. And they're not a stable program anymore. Maybe they'll get back to that. This year is going to be a very telling year. Uh, it's mostly a monitoring year for me. So I don't have a strong opinion either way, but most of what we see is negative, right? 
Uh, as far as the quarterback, I mean, the starting quarterback is 4.9K, and he's a Georgia transfer, Dewan Mathis. Uh, I have to play some Dewan Mathis. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not, I'm not overly confident. There's a quarterback I really love I'll go to later who probably everybody's going to really love on this slate. So if you're looking to go for a different, cheaper option, I'll mention those. Uh, Dewan Mathis is one. He's a dual threat. Transfer from Georgia. I'll tell you this right now. I love making fun of these Georgia quarterbacks more than anyone because – you know, they could have had Justin Fields. They could have had whatever. Instead, they got Jake Fromm and Dewan Mathis out there and Stetson Bennett. Uh, some of that's out of their control, right? But um, I like making fun of him more than anyone. I thought he looked absolutely awful, but he was put in a bad position to start SEC schedule. Um, he's supposed to be a dual threat, and that's about all I'll leave it to. He's got some decent wide receivers, so maybe. That being said, uh, the over-unders are only 51.5, and, and Rutgers is a 14.5 favorite. So uh, running backs are going to be split about four ways. I'm not even going to touch them because it's gross if you do. Uh, other than that, their wide receivers actually are interesting. I actually am going to have some ownership here. Uh, Jaden Blue is a pretty good wide receiver. Uh, he had 59 targets last year to lead the team. Brendan Mack had 57, their second guy last year, and now he's gone. So where did all those targets go? Probably Blue gets some more. And then definitely uh, Jones is going to get some more down here, Randall Jones. I'm interested in both these guys. I think they're way too cheap. You can see right there their fantasy points per game is way above what they should be listed at. And they're going to be playing from behind, and they have a Georgia quarterback who, well, that's kind of funny. I was going to say can't be worse than what they had last year, but now Anthony Russo, their quarterback last year, transferred to Michigan State. So, uh he was no good so anyway i think these guys are both playable uh jones led pff i was checking the pff numbers on screen passes and he popped up he was actually number one in the entire country on uh on yards per per screen pass uh, a very effective wide receiver this guy's pretty damn good at 4.2k if he picks any of that slack with uh with mac on i think you can look at either either one of these guys to fill out a lineup here all right other than that Rutgers. I don't really know why you touch the quarterback. Beachel should start. He can run a little bit, I guess, if you really have to. Uh, running back, Pacheco's okay. His team's a favorite. He's all right. Um, but really, there's there's some good plays on the slate. This is an eight-game slate. This isn't your typical Thursday slate. Uh, Bo Melton, I think, is a very strong play at 6.3K. I wish his price was a little cheaper. I would own him a lot. This Temple defense allowed 37 points per game a year ago, 208 rushing yards per game, which, which hits on Pacheco. But uh, Bo Melton is by far this team's uh, best offensive player, in my, my and I guess, not so humble opinion. Um, but I'm a big fan of Bo Melton. You see there, he averaged almost 20 uh, fantasy points per game. He had 74 targets only nine games last year. And behind him, the second guy is, is definitely Jones. Cruikshank will be running from the slot, but hasn't really done much. Uh, Jones did have 51 targets in nine games, so he's not bad. But a minor interest in Melton here, right? But other than that, I don't think you need to get crazy with that game. But like I said, the uh, there's certainly some spots you can play them. All right, next game here, very interesting. Boise State versus UCF. you got to have interest in this game. There's a 68-point total, highest on the slate. And there's only a .5, uh, or there's, sorry, there's only a five-point spread here. Uh, Boise State's only a five-point underdog. So anytime you see a total that high with a line that close, that, that's fantasy goldmine territory here, people. Now, is it going to hit the total? Normally, when I see these two teams, I would be inclined to play the under since it's a little more stiffer comp competition than both are used to. Um, that being said, not a believer in UCF's defense. And uh, Boise State has a new offensive coordinator who we'll get to, who, who's very interesting. So I'm not touching this one from a betting perspective. Um, I will say with Boise State, 
I really wanted to take them plus nine when this line first came out. They were plus nine over a touchdown, which seems ridiculous because both teams, in my in my opinion, are heading the same direction, right? They've been two of the top uh, G5 programs in the last 10 years, and they're both heading, uh, they're both slipping a little bit, right? They're both losing their grasp. Um, UCFs, somehow they're, they were both slipping. They Undeniably, last year they were both slipping. So Boise State, for example, had their worst offense in about 20 years by some advanced metrics. And their defense, they had the worst year in a number of years as well. And UCF is quite clearly no longer on Cincinnati's level, quite. Or at least they, they're not. Malzahn might get them back there. I'm a Malzahn believer. But um, both head in the same direction. And somehow their coaches both got hired away for Power 5 programs. Heupel's going to Tennessee and uh, Harson's going to Boise and going to uh, Auburn, excuse me. So kind of a strange situation we have in this game. I don't know totally what to expect. Uh, so let's start with Boise State's offense. They do get UC Davis's uh, offensive coordinator, Tim Plow, I believe is how you pronounce it. And this is interesting, folks. This is very interesting. So Tim Plow at UC Davis, uh, he his teams led the FCS in passing uh, in the past three years, three years straight. They averaged uh, 43 pass attempts per game. And that's kind of a big big change from what we've usually seen with this Boise offense that really likes to ground and pound. So uh, basically, they said they're going to go up tempo. We will see here. I think they're going to look a lot more like UCF has looked in years past. And UCF's going to look a lot more like Boise has in years past now that they got Malzahn back there. But but we'll see. It's a lot up in the air. That being said, you need to have interest here. Uh, at quarterback, Bachmeyer, he's too cheap. Like I said, with, with all the factors in his favor, uh, with that new OC, with the game total, with, with the close line. Uh, Bachmeyer at 6.5K, he's not really a guy I usually would want to play, but with a new OC, I think you have to give him some interest. I just said a few lineups. I didn't even consider him. Went back, looked at the OC. Uh, I think some people might overlook Bachmeyer, even despite all the factors. I think he might be a little a little overlooked. Uh, George Lani at 5.8K. So all these Boise guys are too cheap. You're going to have to have some Boise guys. Uh, especially if you're playing multiple lineups, you'll, you'll have a lot of Boise guys. Halani, uh, he had 1,000 yards as a freshman, was banged up last year. He's a goddamn good back. Um, they got some good guys behind him, but he's pretty clearly the RB1 in my opinion. Uh, UC Davis really liked to target their running backs out of the backfield, and he, he could get some touchdowns in this game, right? Other than that, I think uh, Khalil Shakir is at least $1,000 too cheap. I'm going to assume he's going to be really highly owned because I don't really see how he can set a lot of lineups and not have him in. The majority of them um he's gonna go for a thousand yards he's gonna catch a ton of passes uh he's a stud i i don't get why he's 6.9k it, it's ridiculous it's a mispricing it's the opposite of ucf which we'll talk about later uh other than that ct thomas normally not a guy i would consider but he's talented and the offense has changed like i said we're not sure how the offense is going to change it could benefit some secondary guys like ct thomas and then halani's going to get some more catches so uh, I, I, I do have some interest in C.T. Thomas as well. Other than that, I think the rest are dart throws. I think you're going to see Cobbs on the field a lot. and He's only 4.1K in this high-scoring environment. If you're setting multiple lineups, just put a few feelers out there on Cobbs. But, you know, he's always been one of those guys that say he's pretty talented, and we just haven't seen it on the football field. So I don't think you want to rely on him. But if, excuse me. But if you're playing multiple lineups, I think you have to uh, have to get some exposure. All right, UCF. I mean, holy Toledo. Look at the pricing on these guys. Um, I'm a guy, if you watched the show last year, you probably know, I play a lot of UCF. They've always played at a high tempo. They always have a talent advantage. Uh, and they're always more offensive than defensive. So they're always fantasy gold. And it's never really in question. Whether they're favorites, whether they're playing from behind, it doesn't really matter. Um, 
even when they're playing Cincinnati, they've had some good games. That being said, they do have a new coach, Gus Malzahn, who he kind of now has a rap where uh, he kind of he kind of just makes the offenses regress. I'm not sure I'm a believer. I'm not a Hypel guy, but at least I knew Hypel was good for fantasy. Malzahn, well, I may be kind of a believer. Uh, he pretty much played Alabama better than anyone else would have played Alabama, but that's a topic for another day. Um, I don't know what to expect fantasy-wise. I, I just don't. So Dylan Gabriel, you know I'm a huge fan of him. He's by far the most expensive quarterback on the slate, and we have some some really good quarterbacks on the slate, and we have some really cheap ones too. So I think you have to have a few if you're playing multiple lineups. He has that blow-up factor. You have to have some game stacks here, but uh, he really likes to huck it deep. The the problem is his targets are not are not affordable. It's it's a difficult stack. You know, there's some there's some really good cheap guys like even Halani at five point eight k to start and everybody else are really cheap guys. You can afford a stack. Uh, so if you're looking to stack him, again, I don't think you need to force it. But Jalen Robinson at eight point six k, I do think he's overpriced. That being said, I think he could have a monster year. Uh, we have seen these UCF guys just go absolutely insane. Um, Marlon Williams had 104 targets, only eight games last year. But like I said, it's a new offense. Jalen Robinson was second. He actually had 87 targets, but that was in two more games. Um, he's pretty damn good. He should have had way better stats than he did last year. If you're, again, if you're a fan of the show, we played a lot of him. Uh, he had some drops, man. A lot, a lot, a lot of drops. Dropped a lot of touchdowns, too. Um, it seemed like I saw every single one. I'm sure it's not that bad, but if when you're having nightmares about them every night, it seems like they, uh, they start to multiply, right? So... Anyway, uh, those drops usually aren't sticky. Uh, hopefully his hands get more sticky this year. But usually drops year over year, they change, kind of like turnovers. So I'd expect him to have a big year. He's pretty clearly the number one guy, um, but he is priced too high. Other than that, Ryan O'Keefe is way mispriced. I'm a big Ryan O'Keefe fan, probably bigger than anyone out there in season-long leagues. I have a ton of Ryan O'Keefe, but uh, no way he should be priced <laughs> that highly on this slate. I don't even think you have to consider him. FanDuel, he's like 6.7K. You should play both these guys on FanDuel. Other than that, behind them, they have a ton of transfers. They have Brandon Johnson from Tennessee, big body guy. Nate Craig Myers couldn't even really cut it at Colorado State. While this is a totally better fantasy option than Colorado State, I'm not sure you can trust him to get on the field. Jordan Johnson, I see having the highest potential of anyone here outside of Robinson, another name transfer, but it just hasn't been there. The camp reports haven't really been there for any of these three guys. My guess would be it's Johnson, but he's priced way up for a guy you just don't know about. As far as the running back room, I'm not playing any of them. Uh, there's a chance that they are kind of undervalued at some point this season, given the fact that it's a Gus Malzahn offense. He's going to use the running backs more than they have in the past under Heupel. But we don't know who it's going to be. Uh, Bentavious Thompson, I was ready to load up on this guy this year, I already did in some season-long leagues, but now he's out. He's off the team, and that leads it up to a three-man committee. We don't know. Uh, Richardson is more of a speed guy. He's way too expensive at 6.3. Please don't play him. He, he might get lucky. It's a high total, but he's more of a speed guy. I think the RB1 is going to rely on It's either going to be Bowser, Northwestern transfer, who had a good year a couple of years ago as a freshman, and then averaged him to three yards per carry to follow it up. So who knows what you're going to get. Or it's going to be Mark Anthony Richards, another kind of bigger guy. Uh, came over from Auburn with Gus. I wish I could tell you what to what to do here because you might have a, a good option. But um, but I don't know. I don't have a read there. There just hasn't been good reports out of camp. So I'm not going to lie to you until you have a good read. I think Richards at 3.4K is the only one I would consider playing here because the other guys, you're playing a committee. All right, let's move on. Uh pretty different game here we have UCF versus NC State 
uh, plus 18 and a half for UCF, and the total's at 59. So I'll start this off by saying uh, I I love to fade USF. I, I really love to fade them. I did a lot last year to pretty good success, and I think they're they're kind of in the midst of a, a multi-year rebuild where they're they're not ready to hang with a lot of these teams, uh, but they're forced to try to. So I already played this number. I played it a couple months ago. Unfortunately, it hasn't gone up. I think I grabbed it at minus 18. It's only moved half a point. So, uh, But that being said, that tells you what I think about USF. Don't consider anybody on their team, please, in prize picks. I'll get to that later. We're going to be fading them. Uh, their quarterback, if you really have to, I think Cade Fortin's going to start, and he's only 5K. But that's only if you really have to. I still think Dewan Mathis is probably a better play, but they're pretty similar, to be honest with you. Uh, other than that, they haven't released a depth chart, so who knows? But uh, Jimmy Horn is a freshman who's extremely fast and extremely explosive. So probably going to be the best player on the field when he steps when he steps foot. But until they release a depth chart, no way you can consider anybody. As far as the running backs, they're going to split carries. I think Jaron Mangum, 3.2K if you absolutely need a punt. He's had some pretty good uh, fall camp practices. And uh, he's a Colorado transfer. He's pretty good. That Colorado backfield is loaded, man. Uh, underratedly loaded. But, you know, even he comes here, he's splitting carries. So I don't really see what there is to gain. So full fade. All right. NC State, not really a great fantasy team. I'm kind of a believer in them. Um, they're going against a defense in USF that allowed 40 points per game last year uh, and allowed 212 rushing yards per game at 5 points. 5.0 yards per carry. So I will start out by saying I think there are going to be spots where I'm going to play Devin Leary. I will have some Devin Leary this week. I'm not loading up to play him because, like I said, not exactly a great fantasy offense, but they do have a good matchup. Uh, they actually threw the ball 33 times per game last year, which I think a lot of people wouldn't expect. And he was hurt for the majority of last year. When, when he was playing, this was a different team. This was a good football team. When he was out under Bailey Hockman, they were just an okay football team. It made a world of difference. I actually think Devin Leary's a pretty damn good quarterback. I think a lot of people don't know that. So 6.8K against a bad defense. I do think he is undervalued, but it's not a smash play. You know, I'll play him here and there, a few spots. Uh, Zonovan Knight. So here's the thing with Zonovan Knight. Bam Knight. Very good player. 6.1K. Wasn't that this big of a favorite? You have to have some, some ownership. But uh, he actually did not even lead the team in yards per carry. That was actually person. He was out-touched uh, 159 to 143, I believe my numbers are correct there. Uh, he got out-carried. He out uh, when he actually had the ball, he was way more productive. He averaged 5.5 yards per carry to person's 4.4. But the fact of the matter is that's how this offense runs. They don't really run one guy. These guys, they both think both guys are good, even though Bam Knight's clearly way better. And they even put uh, Jordan Houston on the field as well at 3K. He even gets some snaps, so... I don't know what the upside is with Knight. At the same time, if he gets 100 yards and three touchdowns, no one would be that surprised. But you're always relying on him to be hyper-effective in that role. Against a team that allowed 200 rushing yards per game at five yards per carry when you're a three-score favorite, if you're ever going to play Knight, I would have some Knight here. Otherwise, i never play him. This would be one of the times I'd consider playing him. All right, wide receiver. I almost never play these guys. Uh, they return a lot of production. Uh, so last year in 12 games, Ahmed... Uh, Amezi had 69 targets, Thayer had 58 targets, uh, and Devin Carter had 45 targets. 
So Carter's mispriced. Don't even consider him. Amezi has been kind of banged up in fall camp, and he's too expensive, so I wouldn't consider him. Only guy I'd kind of consider here is Thayer Thomas. He had two blow-up games. Super random. Doesn't really seem like a receiver who'd blow up. Um, kind of just a small white dude, so uh, shout out Thayer Thomas. But he uh, he blew up two games, and the rest he didn't really do much. But I would consider him here with these other factors at play. I think he, I think he's way too cheap, to be honest with you. I think he should be at least like 5.4K, 5.2K. But you can't really rely on him, so GPP only. Uh, other than that, so like I said, uh, Devin Carter had 45 targets. All the way down here, Parker Rooks. I think he was a freshman last year. Pretty talented kid. Looks good to me. He was fourth on the team with 37 targets, so only had eight fewer targets. And while he didn't catch a touchdown, he definitely showed to me that he's one of the better wide receivers on this team. So and for a team that's going to be scoring a lot, I don't think he should be stone cold minimum. So if I really need that pump play, it's not super reliable. But uh, you could look at some rooks. All right, moving on. ECU App State. Uh, not much for me here, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this game. I'll just start by saying I like East Carolina. I have a soft spot for them, so maybe in fantasy I'm a little uh, maybe I'm a little biased, but I like East Carolina. What can I say? Sometimes you like things you can't explain, uh, and they've always let me down. They have always let me down. They have not returned my love. But this year they returned 20 starters, so it's one of those things where it's like, man, I've been on them, I've been on them. They haven't been there for me, but now they return 20 starters. If they're ever going to be there, this would be the year. And then you look at that line. It looks a little short, right? It looks a little short because App State's been solid as hell for a, a number of years. And it's only 10 and a half. Like, they're giving you that hook. They're kind of begging you to take East Carolina. It's kind of weird. So I think East Carolina is going to be better this year. I think, I think Vegas knows it. That being said... Uh, App State has a good good defense. They allowed only 20 points per game last year. Uh, it's been the same for a number of years. They're just a solid defense. Uh, they just are, and they're going to be again this year. They return 10 starters. So, uh, Holt Nailers, while I'll play you in spots, and while he's pretty cheap, he used to run a lot more than he does. If he, if he still ran like he used to, I would consider him, but his rushing production has gone down significantly every year he's been in college. So, I don't know if I love it. Uh, Harris should be their main guy. Pretty good back, but they have some other good backs behind him. He's way too expensive for a team that's, you know, two-score underdog. And their wide receivers, C.J. Johnson, totally duped by him. Supposed to be an NFL guy. He pretty much dropped half the targets he had last year. And that's while that's an exaggeration, it's not a total exaggeration. You go look up the numbers, closer to half than probably any other wide receiver in college football. So... My lord. Never trusting him again. Uh, other than that, Tyler Sneed is too expensive at 6.1K. Uh, Omatosho, I guess I'm going to say. He's going to be on the field at 3.4K. So, if you need a punt, not awful. Uh, all right, App State. Chase Bryce. Man, he was bad last year. <laughs> wow, bad. Uh, transferred from Clemson to Duke. I thought he was going to be good. You get a, a Clemson transfer who looked pretty good and won some games for Clemson. Looked, he, he was a dual threat. He was, he was kind of mobile, big guy, maybe could run for some touchdowns. And all he did was turn the ball over. That's all he did all year long. He spent a year. He had pretty much a year vacation where he just sat there and turned the ball over. Uh, it was bad. So then he transfers again. He's at App State. Uh, App State's quarterbacks are, are usually, I think he's going to be kind of like Zach Thomas has been. Uh, Zach Thomas, I think he was a four-year starter, been there forever, pretty mobile. He'd be like Zach Thomas, but not quite as good. 
Uh, it's a pretty safe offense. He shouldn't be able to turn the ball over that much. He's going to be playing as a favorite most games, whereas at Duke, playing from behind. I think this is going to fit him more. I think he's going to show off those dual threat abilities at 5.7K. There are better options, but he's all right. Uh, Cameron Peoples, let's go to the running back room. So not playing any wide receivers, actually. Not playing. They have actually a really good wide receiver room. It's actually one of the most experienced wide receiver rooms in America. But they spread the ball out because they have four good ones. Uh, I think Corey Sutton, if you really want to play one of these guys, he missed last year, and I do think he is their best wide receiver. He does have the highest touchdown upside. Him and Hennigan are pretty close, though. Uh, so anyway, let's get to the running back room. So Dietrich Harrington's out. And this is a very, very good rushing offense. It is every single year. And Cameron Peoples, my word, this guy put up a 60-burger last time he played. A 60-burger on DraftKings. 63.7 points. You can't expect that every game, right? So I'm a Peoples fan. He runs very upright. Big guy. He's a home run threat. You like that for GPP. I kind of like him at 6.9K, I'm not going to lie. It's fine. Um, a little bit risky, sure, but the team's going to run the ball a lot. I think he's okay. We're going to play him in prize picks. You'll see that later. Uh, the reason why everyone might be freaking out, and you might actually get some leverage, he's listed on the depth chart. There's an or with him and Nate Noel. Cameron Peoples or Nate Noel. I think it's going to scare some people off who don't really understand how depth chart works, which actually you'd be surprised is, is more people than not. Uh... I mean, Nate Wells fine at 4.1K, too. He's going to touch the ball, but, like, App State shares the carries at running back. Like, what? that's not a surprise. Is that depth chart a surprise? I don't get it. Cameron Peoples is still supposed to be the better back. We just saw him get a 60-burger last time he played, and now we're, so, we're supposed to be scared by an or. So, where I, I had some Cameron Peoples before that depth chart, it almost makes me want to play more from a leverage perspective. But he doesn't catch a ton of passes. He does have his, have his downside. But um, he's a fine play. He's a fine play. He's priced up there for a reason. Third most expensive back on the on the slate. Uh, oh my god, I just clicked on Bowling Green State and threw up in my mouth. So let's get them. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to click on them. That's just, it's embarrassing. Thought I was a professional over here. Uh, yeah, don't play Bowling Green State. They are a total embarrassment to the sport of college football. And it is what it is. Uh... I'm a big fan in these early week games when I'm when I'm betting. I just play against a team that totally sucks, especially when they're on the road, uh, because the team they're playing against is going to show out. Tennessee's going to have a rough year this year. Half their team transferred. They have a new coach, Heupel, like I said, who did not deserve an upgrade. No, no way in hell. UCF's declining under his watch, and then he gets an upgrade. That being said, he will have better fantasy offenses, and they will score some points. Uh, I think they're going to score some points here. I'm going to play some Tennessee here, but um. This is a spot where they're going to show out, right? So I have Tennessee minus 33. I don't ever want to bet Tennessee, but if they're playing Bowling Green, you got an SEC team, sure, they could win by five touchdowns. Why not? Um, okay, so here's the thing with Tennessee. Also not a Joe Milton guy. Not a Joe Milton guy. Not a Tennessee guy. Not a Hypo guy. But somehow it all makes sense together. Uh, he's a big dude. I'll just say this. In the opener last year, so the opening week, you get weird stuff, right? Because the defenses aren't ready. Last year you had COVID. We'll get more on that later. He's playing against Minnesota's team. Ravaged by COVID. Second stringers, third stringers. This guy looked like Cam Newton, right? We all knew it was fake because anybody who paid attention knew Joe Milton couldn't even complete half his half his passes in high school. That's not an exaggeration. Go check the stats. Go look it up right now. 
he couldn't complete half his half his passes in high school. But he's big, and he's athletic, so he's going to get a job because somebody's going to buy into it. He's the next Cam Newton. Or Josh Allen, apparently, because some, some of these prospects turned around. So when, when Joe Milton becomes the next Josh Allen, uh, don't go play in this clip right here. But anyway, he's not good. Uh, but this is a spot where you would play him because he could run for a lot of touchdowns. He could throw for a lot of touchdowns. He's not going to be putting up crazy stats the rest of the season, so they might as well pad their stats right now. So I'll have some Joe Milton. As crazy as it sounds, he's way too expensive. He's playing ball in green, people. He's playing ball in green. They're pathetic. That's all you need to know. You don't even need to check the stats. They're pathetic. They're a walkover. Um, any Bowling Green fans listening? The Bowling Green doesn't have fans, so they're not listening. That's what am I saying? Ouch. Okay, running backs at Tennessee. Uh, yeah, you need some ownership interest. It's going to be Tyon Evans and Jabari Small. They're listed as or on the depth chart. I do think that's an actual or. I do like both these guys' talents. Uh, I think Jabari Small is a better price-adjusted play at 5.4K. I think it's kind of assumed he might get more of the carries. I think he might be more of a red zone threat, but it, it, but it's kind of a toss-up. Tyon Evans was one of the top JUCO guys. I think he was the number two uh, running back rated at, coming out of JUCO this year. Pretty talented guy. I think they're both playable. I think, think they're both way too cheap. I'll have a lot of both these guys. A wide receiver, I'm going to mostly attack Milton and I'm mostly attack the running backs. I won't have a ton. I'll do a few Hyatt stacks. I do think he's their best wide receiver in a high ball offense. You know, it, it could go bananas against Bowling Green. Uh, other than that, Velas Jones is a US tra USC transfer. And uh, he's pretty good too, but he's listed as probable. He's been a little bit banged up. I don't know how much they're going to push him here against the team they're going to blow out. Um, him and Peyton are listed as or on the depth chart, so maybe Peyton gets more run, but he's too expensive. Other than that, Tillman is also listed as a starter in the slot on the depth chart, but he's 5K, and he, to be honest, he just hasn't really done much in his college career. So he's okay. He'll be out there. Uh, anyone behind him, you're grasping at straws, but the team's going to score a lot of points. Okay. Ohio State, Minnesota. Ohio State is a touchdown favorite. I'd imagine it's only going to go up a little bit. I was surprised it was only at 13.5, so it'll probably keep creeping up. And we got a over-under here at 63, so you're going to want some ownership interest here. Let's start with Ohio State. Let's start with the road team. Uh, CJ Stroud at 8K. Normally, I would say you have a guy making his first start on the road in a conference game. Uh, maybe you don't play him on a Thursday. Maybe you don't play him in fancy, but this is C.J. Stroud, people. He's beating out all of their four stars. He's beating out everybody. They got a loaded room. They got Quinn Ewers. They got a freaking the best high schooler in America back there. He's a high schooler. Why is he back there? I don't know because they just need more talented quarterbacks. It's Ohio State, man. This is not like other programs. Uh, yeah, I'm going to play some Stroud. Why would I not play some Stroud? I think he's going to run a little bit. I want to monitor how much he's going to run until I see how much of an asset he's going to be. But uh, I don't think he's quite a humongous dual threat. Other than that, the running back room, nobody knows what's going on. I mean, this, is, this is one of those things. I wish I had more insight. Nobody does. I would guess Mayan Williams gets the first carry at 5.1K. But he's going to split time with Teague. I think Teague's going to be the goal line guy because Teague's, Teague's a big bruiser, right? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Teague finishes with um, more than 10 touchdowns on the year. But I don't really think it's exactly something you can rely on. Um, so I don't really see how you have a ton of ownership interest. They're also going to give Travion, Trayvon Henderson carries, one of the one of the best young running backs in college football, rave reports at 3.8K if you're playing anyone here. I think I'll have a few shares of Trayvon Henderson. I'm not going to go overboard, but if they do build out a, a big lead, you, you best believe they're going to give Henderson some work. So 
not overly owned on anybody but Lenin Henderson. Definitely zero teak shares for me. Well, I don't know if I'd say definitely. Maybe one here or there. Mass entry. Uh, okay, wide receivers. Garrett Wilson should not be priced above Chris Olave. Problem is, probably everybody knows that. So Wilson might be a leverage play here. Has a new quarterback. Sometimes you'll see with new quarterbacks, it just changes the usage, right? If they like a guy, they're going to target him more. Who knows who Stroud likes? Uh, I do think Olave is the better option. He's more experienced. He's a better red zone, red zone threat. I've always been pro Olave over Wilson, at least for college football. Once they get to the NFL, it's a different story. But this is college football fantasy we're playing. They're not in the NFL yet. So I think you have to have some, some shares of both these guys. Olave is too cheap. Olave and Shakir is a decent place to start a wide receiver lineup, but I think both of them are going to be popular. Other than that, uh, Jackson Smith and Jeeba should start in the slot this year. Um, I won't go over all these guys listed here on, on the screen because suffice it to say, Ohio State has the best wide receiver room I've probably ever seen in college football. I guess that Ole Miss team might take the cake with Metcalf and Moore and uh, A.J. Brown and all those guys, but insanely good. They're so good. They had a guy transfer to Alabama. They had a wide receiver transfer to Alabama to get more playing time. And, yeah, he's starting. Jameson Williams is going to start for Alabama. So they are insane. So anybody who earns a starting job is worth a look. But that being said, they might rotate, right? So I think I think Smith and Jeeba at 5.3K. Dude had one of the most acrobatic catches I have ever seen. He was barely on the field last year, and he managed to make a hell of an impression. So at 5.3K, he's okay, but I think all those guys, you can't really rely on a massive target share. So you're going to rely on them being efficient, which I'm pretty sure they will be, but you could make the argument if you're relying on them to be efficient without great volume and they have a new quarterback, you're right. It's probably it's, You probably shouldn't overload on them too much. Uh, Minnesota didn't throw the ball last year, so I'm ignoring their quarterbacks. They don't really have one yet until they prove they throw it more. Uh, Mo Ibrahim at running back, 8.6K, too expensive. I'm not going to play much of him. That being said, I didn't play much of him last year, and I looked like a total fool because I didn't have enough of him, and he went off. You see right there, he averaged 33 points per game. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he gets like 28 carries for 90 yards. Not very efficient, but he stumbles into two or three touchdowns, right? So I guess you have to have some shares. But I'm not inclined to have very many because they're an underdog here playing Ohio State. Like, I, I just don't see it. All right, wide receivers, I'll mention this. Uh, Chris Hotman bell I had some interest last year. If you watch the show, you know I played some of them. I'm, I'm a pretty big fan. Uh, Minnesota's always a team that heavily favors their top two wide receivers and especially that wide receiver one guy. So it would appear to be Ottman bell this year. Appears to be in NFL. You know, he's probably going to get drafted. But... Uh, he got injured. He got injured. He was helped off the field. It seemed pretty serious, and this was a couple of weeks ago. And basically, the news since then has been all positive. They have been saying he uh, he might play, so he might play in this game. But I'm wary. Uh, it seems like I haven't seen a lot of people skeptical. I'm skeptical. Uh, the news is so positive that he's running on a football field. He's running. Okay, we didn't even say if he had pads on. Didn't sound like he practiced. Didn't say he was full speed. He just, he, he ran. So now he's going to play against Ohio State? I don't know. There's a lot of people that can run. I don't know if they're all healthy enough to, to play against Ohio State. So so I'm wary. If he doesn't play, I think Daniel Jackson at 5.2K, you could have some shares. He's way too cheap on FanDuel, so I'd look for him there mostly. But uh, he's a freshman. He was very impressive last year. Um, 
So then, so let's go back to that wide receiver usage. They only had three wide receivers last year to get 20 targets all year long to get 20 targets or more. Uh, Rashad Bateman, obviously off to Baltimore, he had 55. Uh, and now, if Chris Hoffman Bell's hurt, so there go his. Daniel Jackson's the only other guy as a freshman, barely over 20, only tw- over 20 targets, but he would be taking over pretty much every single target on that team, right? All right. Do do do. Moving on. The the other options behind that, I don't know why you would. All right, so here's where things get interesting. I'm sorry to bury the lead. I didn't mean to bury the lead. Eastern Washington plays UNLV. That's the lead. Um, I'm joking, but I'm kind of not. So Eastern Washington is the 11th ranked FCS team. They're a very good FCS school. If you've never heard of Eastern Washington, first off, I'm surprised you're watching this show if you're that into college football. Um, unless you're just full degenerate mode, which is okay, too. I support you. Um, man, they've been throwing the shit out of the ball for a long time. They're good passing offense, man. Last year, they attempted 42 passing attempts per game. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. I better learn because I'm going to be relying on him heavily this week. Heavily. 5.2K. Eric Barrier? Barrier sounds cool. I'm going to call him Barrier. Barrier. Holy Toledo. This guy was the runner-up for the Walter Payton Award last year. In FCS, that's like their Heisman. He was the runner-up. And he's 5.2K. He's playing UNLV. UNLV sucks. They were 0-6 last year. That's all you need to know about UNLV. They have Marcus Arroyo as their coach. Anybody still believe in Marcus Arroyo? There's probably a few people out there. There's an Oregon fan. Not me. Um, So this Barrier guy. 10,000 yards in his career. 75 touchdown passes in his career. Their first scrimmage in the summer, he threw for 652 yards. Only 78 plays. Returns absolutely everybody. This team returns 22 starters. 22 starters, folks. How many guys are on the football field? Do the math. Uh, Yeah, I don't see what there's not to like here. Uh, There's not a line out for this game yet. It's probably going to be pretty closely lined. I'd imagine it's going to be within a touchdown. If I had to guess, I would say six and a half, maybe five and a half, maybe even lower. Might even be down to a field goal. It's going to be somewhere in between the field goal and the touchdown, I would imagine. And the total is probably going to be decently high, somewhere around 60, uh, which I'd probably take the over on that, and I'd probably take the points with Eastern Washington. I, I don't see a single reason to believe in UNLV. They're always supposed to be kind of talented, and that's it. Any team that the only thing people can bring up is, well, they're kind of talented, maybe it'll work out. It's not really how, how games work, folks. You, you need more than that. You need to put the talent together. And when the talent is, unless the talent's exceptional, I'm not listening. So, ton of Barrier. That being said, I would imagine anybody with a brain is going to be playing a lot of Barrier this year. I don't really know how to do this. I don't know if people are going to have a brain. I'm pretty bad at, at projecting ownership. I'm just kidding right now. I don't do it. But I don't see how he's not going to be highly owned, so just keep that in mind. All right. They're running backs. I kind of split these guys. Uh, I think Pierce should actually be more expensive, and maybe I have that wrong, but looking through at the uh, preseason All-American projections by Phil Steele, I think he had Pierce on there and not Merritt. Maybe I missed that. So maybe you could play some Pierce. Like I said, they throw the ball a lot, so mainly PPR. Uh, Other than that, if you're filling out a lineup, 
I don't really see, again, how you fill out a lineup without one of these Eastern Washington guys because they're so damn cheap, such a prolific offense. Uh, Lee Moo Jones is definitely their top guy. I think these guys are pro priced right with him, Roberson, and Boston. I think they have that in the correct order. Uh, Lee Moo Jones was on, I think he was on the first team, Phil Steele, uh, preseason All-American for FCS. This guy in his career, we've got the stats here, 42 games, only nine as a starter. Interesting. So only nine games as a starter. He's starting, he's starting this season. Uh, 90 career catches, 1,600 yards, and 15 touchdowns. That's an average of almost 18 yards per reception, folks, and he's going to get peppered with targets. So at 5K, I do think he's definitely the top option. Behind him, Roberson and Boston. These guys are both projected by Phil Steele as the third-team All-Americans. Uh, when I went in and looked at it, I think Roberson's a little bit more safer. Maybe Boston has more upside, but there's not really a lot of credence to there. Uh, I did see more when I was looking through their scrimmage reports from Boston. I saw his name, or sorry, Roberson. I saw Roberson mention more than Boston, but who, who knows what that is, right? So who knows if that's accurate. It's a scrimmage. So I think they're they're priced accurately. I like all of them. I think you play two of them with Barrier. You could just play Lima Jones and Barrier. Those would probably be the two most highly owned. So I don't know. You could diversify, diversify elsewhere. Maybe Roberson won't be highly owned. Maybe Boston won't be. They're all fine. I mean, honestly, they are. I know, we couldn't wait for college football to return so we could talk about Eastern Washington on Thursday slate. We're doing it live, folks. All right, uh, UNLV, uh, Brumfield's going to be the starter, so I think anyone in this game is worth interest. But 5.6K, he's all right, he's whatever. I don't really think I need to mention him more. Uh, all right, Charles Williams is interesting. I think you have to have some Charles Williams. Uh, Marcus Arroyo is going to feed, feed, feed the RB1, and he is the RB1. Hasn't really been totally efficient with his carries, but now that they're, they're facing an FCS school in a game that, again, I would expect to be back and forth. If UNLV just totally walks away with this game, I'm not going to say anything I'm going to regret. But, but yeah, I, I would consider hanging it up. Like, if UNLV goes up 28-0 and that's it, and the game's over, I Yeah. This is going to be back and forth. It's going to be high scoring, most most likely. It may not be high scoring, but it's definitely going to be back back and forth. I do think it's going to be pretty decently high scoring. So Charles Williams at 5.9K, he's pretty much assured high volume in a, in a game script like that. So I think you have to have some of him. Other than that, Kyle Williams. Let's talk about Kyle Williams. I like Kyle Williams. He was a freshman last year on a bad team. Started all six games. And in those six games, he had 52 targets in six games. Yeah, do the math. It's pretty close to uh, to attending game, right? That's pretty impressive as a freshman. Uh, and now it's only 5.4K in this game environment. You have to have some Kyle Williams. I don't think he's a must play, but you have to have some, right? Anybody behind that? You're just reaching. Nobody else had a lot of targets last year. Don't do it. Uh, all right, Southern Utah. I'm just going to skip over them because they did nothing against San Jose State last week. I actually played some of their quarterback. Uh, is it Jordan Miller or Justin Miller? Justin Miller. I uh, actually played some of him last week because he was supposed to be decent. Um, he didn't look decent to me. And now he's playing a better team in Arizona State. No, thank you. Don't play anybody here. I'd say Shanks is their top receiver at 3.9K for a team that's going to be playing from behind. But they were rotating guys when they were getting blown out last year or last week. Uh, and Lawson's their slot guy. But it's just foul mentioning any other names in that offense. Uh, other than that, Arizona State. Uh, they're going to be good this year. So they've obviously had some off-the-field concerns, right? Uh, they're, in a, they're in some deep shit for breaking the rules, not really caring about breaking the rules, and be pretty open about breaking the rules. 
they're bad boys, uh, which is kind of funny because Herm Edwards is so old, but he, he's a bad boy still. Shout out Herm. He's a badass. I like Herm. I'm, I'm not hating on him. I like Herm. Um, they're, they're still going to be good. They're good everywhere. They have a good quarterback. They have a great running back room. Uh, decent on the lines. Decent. Uh, and they're very good defensively on pretty much every single level. Have good secondary, and they're, they're all right everywhere else. Pretty good defensive line. Uh, I'm interested to watch the pass. If the pass rush is good, and we know they're going to have good secondary. I don't know. This team could be nasty, man. They could be a player in the Pac-12, despite all despite all the hurdles they're going over. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Uh, sh- shout out shout out Arizona State's ethics. But, okay, anyway, that's a long way of saying everybody here is playable. Jaden Daniels, not really a guy I usually play a ton of in DFS because his volume's not great. But we'd be pretty surprised if he doesn't get three touchdowns somewhere along the way, right? Unless they bench him early. Uh, Rashad White, he was hyper-efficient last year. Mostly a guy I'm looking to fade this year. Faded him in season long. I'm starting to think if that was such a great idea or not because he's a very good wide receiver. He's very explosive. He's on what I think, I don't know if i call him a very good team, but a pretty damn good, a pretty damn solid squad. So I'll have some Rashad White. Uh, I don't know how much he's going to be on the field if it's a blowout. But, I don't know, he can get three touchdowns in the first quarter, and no one would be surprised. He can get three touchdowns in the first quarter, and Jaden Daniels could get two touchdowns in the first quarter, and, again, nobody would be that surprised. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but clearly outmatched. Southern Utah was a 1-5 FCS team last year, and they just got the break speed off them by San Jose State. What do you think Arizona State is going to do to them? Behind that, I think Diamante Trianum is playable. Yes, he went by chip last year. He's no longer going by chip. Please don't call him chip. He'll get very upset. He's a big, strong, angry man. Runs angry, too. I wouldn't call him chip if he doesn't want to be called chip, if you know what I'm saying. Don't stand in front of that man. Uh, I would be very surprised if Trianum, Diamante, 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 I'd be very surprised if Diamante is not playing in the NFL someday. I think he's going to have a successful NFL career. I really believe in this guy's talent. Um, that being said, it's a blowout. I don't know. He probably gets a touchdown here. I might bet that on, on prize picks. Um, but, yeah, again, the volume here is just not fantastic, but they'll, they'll probably score a lot of touchdowns. The wide receivers, I'm almost thinking about totally fading them because pretty much every single person here is listed as an or. Uh, Thompson, I, I kind of like him, but he's way too expensive. Utah transfer, listed as an or on the depth chart. Uh, Porter hasn't really done much. Pearson and Bunkley Shelton are listed as an or on the depth chart. I think if I'm playing somebody, I think Bunkley Shelton has looked pretty good to me. Uh, and he, I think he's going to be on the field. So I'm not forcing it by 3.9K. I think he's the best price adjusted play here. Uh, looks like kind of one of their most consistent wide receivers last year. But he's going to be splitting time in the, in, the, in the slot with this guy Pearsall. Um Chad Johnson's son is somewhere here. 3K, he's listed as an or on the depth chart. He might get into the game. He's listed as or, so that's Stone Cold minimum. You can play some Ocho Cinco um, Jr. Uh, other than that, the only guy who's listed as an actual starter is Johnny Wilson. He's six foot seven. Uh, he's 6.6K, though. That's too much. I guess if you, again, you could do worse than just randomly throwing a dart at ASU guys. Uh, that is the slate, folks. That is the slate. So, any positional overviews? Uh, again, I'm going to be playing a decent amount of these quarterbacks in this range. So, Daniels is all right. Milton's all right. CJ Stroud's all right. I'm going to be playing a decent amount in that range and pairing them up with my boy, Barrier. Uh, guys like Brumfield, Bryce, I just don't know if I 
can get there, but I, I think they're fine. You can make a case. Mathis at 4.9, I guess I'll have some shares. Don't feel totally great about it. Uh, I think Devin Leary at 6.8K is a, is a decent play. On other slates, I'd probably have a lot of him on this one. If he fits, sure. Uh, and I don't, I think you have to have a few shares if you're playing multiple lineups with Gabriel. How, how could you not? Highest total on the slate. Other than that, wide receiver or running backs, the running back prices are insane. They're all affordable. Like even Peoples, a 6.9K is affordable. I think Rashawn White's affordable. Only one who's not is Mo Ibrahim. And even then, you could play him if you play Barrier. So I think all these guys are affordable. Knight's good. Trainum's okay. Williams good. Alani's good. Evans and Small, you need some of them. Uh, yeah, that's, that's mostly where I'm looking. Nate Noel, if you're going really cheap. Uh, at wide receiver, like I said, again, this this is just an affordable slate. You're going to have some stacked lineups. I think you're going to need a really high-scoring lineup. So here, maybe I'll go more uh, single entry. That's usually what I do anyway. So I forgot to mention that off the jump. Your contest selection is way more important than your lineup selection. It is. You need to find the contest that you're making money in and just stick to those. I mostly do single entries. That's mostly what I do in not huge tournaments. Sometimes only, you know, with those 147 people tournaments, whatever they are, those smaller ones. Um, that's what I've had the most money with. That's mostly what I stick to. I'm branching out more this year. I'm doing more more of the mass entry, kind of mini max things. I'm mostly trying it out the first couple weeks. But just know what you're best at and stick to it. Know what you're best at. If, if you do the mass entry, do the mass entry and stick to it, right? But don't just randomly put a $15 entry uh, and that's it when there's 150 max. Because then you're playing against professionals, playing as guys who do this for a living, uh, and they have 150 lineups and you only have one, right? So your odds are 150 times worse than theirs are. So just mathematically, at the end of the day, this is a math game. So if you're just playing for fun, I don't see how you just have fun in a tournament where it's single entry and it's at least even matches, is what I'll say. All right, off my soapbox. Uh, yeah, these wide receivers are fine. Robinson, if you can pay up for him, he's fine. But I don't know if he should be the most expensive. Shakir might be supposed to be the most expensive. He is on FanDuel, he's 6.9K. Olave is too cheap. Melton's fine. Uh, and, you know, Smith and Jeeva, Jackson, they're okay. Uh, Lee Moo Jones, I'll probably have a ton of, as well as his teammates. I think Jaden Blue is too cheap. There's a lot of affordable guys. You can build a stack. The fact that they're so affordable, I built a few lineups where I paid up at QB twice. Uh, I think you can afford pretty much any stack you want. Uh, so you can get creative. You can do a few game stacks. If you're doing multiple entries, you could game stack pretty much every single game, except for the awful ones. Uh, and you can still afford some really other cheap, some expensive one-offs. All right, that's the slate. I'm going to get into some prize picks. I'm going to do a better job. Instead of just saying, I like these, I like these, I like these. I'll still tell you every single prize picks I like because the line's probably going to move on most of them. Uh, but let's get some solid picks. Let's get five. Let's get three to five picks. Let's get them going. Again, you get a $100 match. So all this the states where it's not eligible. If you're in a state where it's eligible, you can get a $100 free roll. I wouldn't spend it all in one place. Maybe put 25 bucks on it. Maybe put 50 bucks on it. You get a free roll. If it hits, bingo. Um, let's go over them. So if you're new to prize picks, you do need multi-entries. You need at least two per person uh, or two per play. And you're going against the projection. You're not going in a, it's not GPP. You're not going against anybody else. It's just you versus the projection. Uh, Uriah West, this is why you got to get in on him early. I hit him, he was like 67 or something. I hit him for the freebie. They had Jake Paul. Fuck Jake Paul. They had Jake Paul over 0 0.5 punches landed. 
Uh, and it was a freebie, right? He's going to land a punch. He landed a punch. Landed a lot of them. Woodley, oh my god. I hope I never get to watch Woodley again. I do miss fading him in MMA. I get sidetracked, folks. Anyway, I paired that up with Uriah West. He was like 67 and a half. He's going to split carries for an FCS team going against a nasty UIB defense. And now it's already down to 39 and a half. So these do move very fast. I would advise trying to get in on them as early as possible. Uh, all right. Let's see if there's anything I like here. Do, do, do. Kelly Joyner. He's going to split carries. He's going against a good at, at, uh, NC State team. They're going to be playing from behind. He's going under. Cameron Peoples is probably going over. Not sure I'm going to play it, but I definitely consider it. I'll probably have some lineups that I'll play them. Jabari Small is probably going over. Rashad White is probably going over. Uh, let's see passing yards. Mm. Those are pretty tight. Cade Fortin, not sure he's going over against Boise. Or sorry, against uh, NC State. If it'll let me play two teammates together. Uh, Joe Milton's probably going over, but in case it's a blowout, not playing it. CJ Stroud, again, you missed that. It was at like 187 this morning. It was ridiculous. And he was at one and a half passing touchdowns. All right, so then let's look at fantasy score. This is really my favorite one here at fantasy score. Um, really gives you an insight into there's multiple ways for them to hit it. So I like that more than player props because they could hit it in a multitude of fashions, right? Uh, okay, I think Jaden Blue probably goes over, but not confident. Halani probably goes over. That's not bad. 15 and a half is really not bad. That's actually a pretty strong lean. I might go back to that one if I don't find a better one. Son of a Knight probably goes over. Ooh, I might play that. I'm going to select it. Peoples probably goes over. Uh, Stroud goes over. What am I at? I'm at four. I only have one more. Uh, Jab Jabari Small is going over, man. He's going over. Altman Bell, I already played a lot of his unders, but now I just feel like I should wait for the injury, injury news. So I already locked him into a few unders just in case he plays and he's not fully healthy. And he's playing Ohio State. Should have an improved defense, but I'm more waiting to see on that approach. Uh, other than that, Rashad White, Charles Williams, and Kyle Williams are probably all going over. Uh, I guess I'll go with Rashad White. Mm. I'll go with Kyle Williams. I feel like that might be a more back-and-forth affair. Oh, I already have five. So yeah, from there you just select if it's over or under. So it's on at night, you select it's over. Over. Kate Ford and under. Kelly Joyner under if it lets you do teammates. You do 20, you do whatever. Uh, I, I usually do a lot of lineups. I'll do, I'll do a lot of picks. Uh, and I usually do five. But five, that's that's more if you hit, you get all ten. But how likely are you to hit all five? So I think the most recommended I would do is the three. If you do three flex, um... That way you get a nice payout if you hit all three. And even if you hit two, you're still profitable. So getting two out of three on some of these, I think we're very likely to two out of three. So any of those I just mentioned, I really like. Once again, that's at Price Picks. Use promo code Yonke. That's Y-O-N-K-E, all caps. Link will be in the description. Other than that, good luck this week, folks. Good luck. Uh, I'm really happy we have college football back. Uh, I can't wait. Go ahead and follow me at Twitter. It's at YonkersCFB. That is in the description. Um, this, again, will be available by uh, by podcast, audio only. And that will be under the Campus to Campus 
uh, podcast family. We're starting a new thing. We've had this podcast going for a couple of years with my co-host Kevin Brown. We do season-long college fantasy. If you're interested, check us out. Um, but I'm just going to start posting it under that banner because we're taking it solo. Uh, we're, we're doing all our own podcasts anyway, so it'll be there as well. Other than that, good luck this week, uh, and thanks for tuning in. Seriously, thank you guys for listening.